Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 11. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. I've been hearing more and more about terrorist groups in the United States. So have you. And recently, I've been reading of terrorist groups in the church. Latest news reports are that five terrorist cell groups have been operating in many of our churches. They have been identified as been sleeping, Y'all like all serious, you're like, in the church. <laughs> Y'all looking at your neighbor, you're a terrorist. You better not, you better not be a terrorist. You <laughs> every service, I got everybody right there. And uh, so they've been identified as been sleeping, big, been arguing, been fighting, been complaining, and been missing. Their leader, Lucifer, been working train these groups to destroy the body of Christ. The plan is to come into the church disguised as Christians and to work within the church to discourage, disrupt, and destroy. However, there have been reports of a sixth group, a tiny cell known by the name of Ben Praying, is actually the only effective counterterrorism force in the church. Unlike other terrorist cells, the Ben Praying team does not blend in with, uh, with whoever and whatever comes along. Been praying does whatever is needed to uplift, encourage the body of Christ. We have noticed that the been praying cell group has different characteristics than others. They have been watching, been waiting, been fasting, been longing for Jesus to return. If you've been with us, you know we've been talking about prayer and Jesus told us were you with me last week and you know that we Jesus told us that we need to ask seek and knock and I told you that they were in the in the Greek language in the present imperative that means to keep asking ask and keep asking seek and keep seeking knock and keep on knocking Chapter 11 and verse 13, go ahead and peek at it. Jesus says, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father give what, saints? The Holy Spirit. You looking at verse 13. Will the father give what? The Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Well, that brings us to verse 14. I've titled this sermon, No Middle Ground. Luke chapter 11, we pick up in verse, I turn to myself. Luke 11, we pick up in verse 14. If you're looking at it, say amen. Amen. And he was casting out a demon. And it was mute. So it was when the demon had gone out that the mute spoke. And the multitudes did what? 
marvel. But some of them said, he cast out demons by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. Others, testing him, sought from him a sign from heaven. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house, underline this, divided against a house does what? Falls. If Satan also is divided against himself, then how will his kingdom stand? Because you say, I cast out demons by Beelzebub, and if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man fully armed, in verse 21, are you looking at it? When a strong man fully armed guards his own palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoil. He who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. The Bible tells us that Jesus was casting out a demon from a mute man. He couldn't speak. And the people marveled. Now, in those days, listen, in Jesus' day, they had their own exorcists who tried to cast demons out, but they believed in order to cast a demon out, the demon had to tell you his name first. But notice this man was mute, so the demon couldn't speak his name. And yet Jesus had the power, are you with me, to cast the demon out, and this is what amazed the people. Now, in Matthew chapter 15, right about verse 22, you will find... It tells us that the people were amazed and the Pharisees said he's casting out demons by the power of Satan. Very interesting. The people were affected and the religious leaders were offended. And they said the only reason Jesus could cast a demon out was through the power of the devil. They couldn't deny, and they had seen, they couldn't deny the miracles. They couldn't deny the raising of the dead, the cleansing of the leper, the opening of the eyes of the blind, the turning of water to wine, the walking on water. They couldn't deny the miracle, so they chose to deny the source. They said it wasn't God, it was Beelzebub. Now, Beelzebub is the principal god, chief god of the Philistines. Beelzebub means Lord of the Flies. Lord of the Flies. Now, to this day, I do not know why God created flies. These are the things I think and ponder through in my time in my office. Why did God create flies? Mosquitoes, another one. What purpose do they serve except to be a pest? At a barbecue, I remember one time, true story, I was at a barbecue, and flies everywhere, they they always show up to barbecues, flies like barbecues, so they, flies everywhere, and a fly flew into my mouth, well, what's a brother to do? I just ate it, I was, (laughs) pro 
protein, man. Everybody in the protein. That thing was protein. I had a, a bazillion grams of protein. I'm like, you know, that ain't bad. Put a little bit of hot sauce on that thing. That ain't. <laughs> some, of y'all, some of y'all put hot sauce on everything. Some people carry hot. I bet you right now, we are not going to search your purse. But I bet you right now, somebody got hot sauce in their purse. Who is it? We know it's here. And uh, so I just ate it. I was like, what else to do? What do you do? Well, what's the purpose of flies? I mean, we don't know. We do know that flies are a pest. And it's very interesting that Jesus equates Satan with a pest because he doesn't give up. So they're assuming and accusing Jesus of casting out demons by the devil himself. Notice in verse 17, Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, what you're saying doesn't make sense. It's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's inconsistent. If I cast out demons by the power of Satan, then Satan is divided and a house divided against itself is sure to fall. And in verse 19, if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, then who Do your sons cast them out? Now listen, when it comes to devil and demons, give me your attention, look at me. When it comes to devils and demons, there are basically two camps of people. There's one camp that they do not believe in Satan. They do not believe in the devil. They don't believe in evil. Uh, They just don't believe in anything of the supernatural and evil. And then there's another camp of people who believe that Satan is in everything. Satan is in everything every day. The microwave breaks, oh, there ain't nobody but the devil. <laughs> that ain't nobody. Car breaks down, oh, there ain't nobody but the devil. Not devil, devil. Nobody but the devil. They think Satan's in everything. Oh, the kids are acting crazy. Oh, there ain't nobody but the devil. <laughs> Wait a minute, I better rethink that. I, that might be kind of true. Some of y'all kids, they just evil. I've seen them around here. <laughs> so you got these two camps of people. And listen, listen, you can have your opinion about Satan and his kingdom, and you don't have to believe that he exists. But listen, don't try to say that the Bible doesn't teach it. Because the Bible teaches there are spiritual forces, principalities, and powers that are influencing the world that we live in. And it's interesting because people think you're crazy if you say you believe in a real, literal devil or a real, literal demon or there is really evil in the world. People think that you are crazy. But if you go to Stanford or you go to Yale or you go to MIT or you study parapsychology or you go on Oprah and... You know, that's why I don't say, oh, you know, you, you've got degrees and you've studied the paranormal. You've studied psychology. You've got letters behind your name. And, you know, oh, you need a reality television show. Oh, it's not reality. It's actuality. You need a reality television show. And so people give credence to that because some people have letters behind their name and, and, and they study these things. But if you're a Christian and you say, I believe in a real devil, real demons, a real hell, let the church say amen, a real hell, they will put letters behind your name, N-U-T. Okay, for some of y'all, that's nut. They will call you a nut. Listen, 
Satan, make no mistake, Satan is not a man in a red suit carrying a pitchfork. But don't underestimate the power of Satan. He doesn't have all power, but he does have some power. And he's not omniscient, meaning he doesn't know everything, but he knows some things. And he's not omnipresent, meaning he's not everywhere at once, but he can be someplace at once. And he's not omnipotent, meaning he doesn't have all power. Satan is real, alive, and active in the world today. All you have to do, listen, is look at the news. Is it just me? This world we live in is crazy. Things have spun out of control. If the Lord doesn't come back, we will destroy ourselves. And we live in a world where people are calling wrong right and right wrong. And nowadays it's, well, whatever works for you, whatever feels right, do that. People don't care about the things of God. People are doing evil, evil, horrible, horrible things to children, and to adults, and we live in an evil world. You have got to have your head in the sand not to believe that there is some spiritual influence going on behind the scenes in this world for people to act and do the things that they do. You've got to be willingly ignorant. And don't you know, listen, the Bible says these are, these, what we see, are signs of the end times. The Bible says in the end times, men will call wrong right and right wrong. In the end times, these are the kinds of things that we'll see. Men will be lovers of themselves more than lovers of God. Are you listening? Men will be lovers of themselves. People nowadays are narcissistic. All kind of plastic surgery. Everything. Even they don't have one part on their body that's original. There's folks like that. And then they start looking like they're morphing into something else. When they get to heaven, God ain't going to recognize them. <laughs> it's true. I mean, we live in a really strange world. Satan is alive and well. You know, somebody once said, the greatest trick that Satan has pulled on mankind is to cause him to believe that he's not real. Satan is real. You want to read a great story in the Bible. It's a funny story in the Bible. It's found in Acts, I think of it, Acts chapter 19. And it's the story of the seven sons of a Jewish priest by the name of Sceva. Y'all know that story? And these seven boys were messing around with demonology and they weren't Christians and they weren't filled with the spirit. And they were using the name of Jesus like magic. And they said, we exercise you. They went to this guy that had a demon, this person that had a demon. And they said to the person, they said, we exercise you in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches. And the demons looked at them and said, now mind you, That would have been my cue to leave. But the demon said, Jesus I know, that Greek word is gnoskos. It means to know personally. It means to know by experience, actually. To know by experience, gnoskos. Jesus I know, Paul I know, the demon said. And that's a different Greek word. That means to be familiar with. So Jesus I've got experience with. 
Paul I'm familiar with, but the demon said to, to, the, to the seven sons of Sceva, but who are you? And they'd have said to me, who am I? I would have said, I am out. <laughs> Can I get a witness? I'm out. But who are you, they said. And the Bible says that those demons jumped into those boys and sent them running off naked. Listen, two things we can learn from that. Number one, saints, don't be messing around with demons. I want you to say amen. And number two, you can't be preaching the Jesus that your mama or your daddy preaches. Don't you know, nobody going to heaven because their mama was a Christian or their daddy was a preacher. I've talked to people, hey, you a Christian? Oh, my granddaddy was a preacher. Boy, he was a fiery preacher. Are you a Christian? Yeah, my, my mama, she's an evangelist. Boy, that woman can preach. That woman can evangelize. Are you a Christian? Do you know Jesus? Well, you know, I ain't got no problem with Jesus. Ay, ay, ay. You're not getting it. Do you know Jesus? Because you're not going to heaven because your mama was an evangelist or your daddy was a preacher or your granddaddy was a preacher. Nobody gets into heaven on somebody else's co coattails. Everybody gets into heaven the same way. Each individual must know Jesus as their personal savior alone, them and God. And you have to have a, listen, you have to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ in order for you to get to heaven. It was Jesus himself who said, I am the way, the truth, are you listening? I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father, but by, somebody help me, me. That's a bold statement. Either it's true, or Jesus was a lunatic. You gotta do something with that. Everybody comes to heaven the same way, by knowing Jesus. Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? And you got to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You can't live off the faith of your wife, your husband, your father, your grandfather. Now listen, notice the Bible says every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation and a house divided will fall. Did you get that? Listen, this was for the married couples. A house divided will fall. A house divided will fall. In your home, you've got to be sure that there's no division. You can't let anybody or anything come between you and your marriage. Not even your children. Because kids are evil. I said that twice. I must mean it. And they get that, you know, they're, they're just kind of, kids will come in. Now tell me you don't know this is right. They'll come ask daddy something. Daddy will tell them something, then they go ask mommy something. Well, dad, can we have this? No. Go to mom. Mom, can we have this? Yes, yeah, sweetie, go ahead. Y'all know how your mothers are. Yeah, baby, go ahead, take everything you want. Y'all know how your mothers are, right? And then, and then the kids go, <laughs> and the kids go, to, go, and then the kids go get what they want. And then the husband's like, I told them no. Well, I told them yes. And then you got division there. 
Can I tell you something? You are one with your spouse. This is in God's economy, okay? Not this world's economy, in God's economy. You are one with your spouse, not your children. Your children will grow up and go become one with someone else. Therefore, as one, you cannot let anybody destroy and come between you and your mate. Because a house divided against itself can't stand. And the reason why homes are falling and marriages in the church are, are, are coming to an end at an alarming rate in the church. What kind of witness do we have to the world of this all-powerful God? He's omniscient. He can do anything, but keep your marriage together. Y'all got quiet. It's true. Our God can do anything but keep your marriage together. What kind of witness are we sending to the world about our God? You can't let anybody, anything, come. You are one with your spouse. Don't let your in-laws come between your marriage. Say amen, couples. Couples. Don't let your in-laws, because soon they become outlaws. Is it right? Soon they become outlaws. You got to build your life and build your marriage on the rock of Christ. And it should be centered around Christ and a passion for the things of Christ and standing on the word of Christ. You know, I was telling people last service, I'll tell you, I thank God that uh, my wife, um, you know, I thank God for a wise woman. I thank God for a godly woman. I thank God for a woman that, you know, she understood this about the unity of marriage. You know, my wife was previously married and her first husband was killed in a car accident oh, 30 plus years ago. And we got married uh, 26 years ago. When we got married, she had three children and then we had two more. And um, so I think, you know, she had a jump on marriage than I did. She understood a lot of things that I didn't. And she, because she's such a praying woman, she understood that, you know, Satan is seeking to destroy marriage. She understood this in a very profound way. And when we would have loud fellowship, <laughs> for some of y'all, know that, that's arguing, y'all. <laughs> it might even go to fighting. No, just kidding. <laughs> She'd be tightening me up. I'm like, oh, it's like that, huh? Uh. <laughs> and, uh, but she was always good. We had loud fellowship right in the middle of it. She goes, you know what? We need to stop and pray. We need to pray. We need to pray right now. And I'm like, nah, I don't want to pray. I want to get this handled. Ah, she goes, no, 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 no. I'm not going to even talk about it. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. She always put her hands out like this. Like, give me your hands. We're going to pray. We're going to pray right now. We need to pray. We need to pray. I'm like, I don't want to pray. And of course, after a while, I mean, how can you say no to prayer? So she got me again. And I'm like, and I, she's praying. And I'm like, I can't wait for this prayer to get over so we can get back to this argument. And then I started feeling bad because I'm like, I'm the pastor. I'm the one that should be instigating this stuff. She's like, we need to pray. We need to pray. But she knew that when, there was, that when there was division and when there was tension, she knew that confusion was not of the Lord. She knew this a long time ago. It took me a while to get it. And to tell you the truth right now, 
tell you the truth, and I mean, I'll be honest, we don't really have many arguments, I mean, or loud fellowship. We don't, we don't. I mean, we don't. Because I think, we, you know, both of us are just too busy trying to please the Lord. Couples, did you hear me? Right? You know, you could get so busy trying to please the Lord that you forget to get in an argument. Or you can get so busy trying to please the Lord that you forget to sin. You're like, wait a minute, I'm just pleasing the Lord. I'm not into sinning and getting involved in this and that and the other. And I want my marriage to be strong, and I want my marriage to be this example that the Bible talks about, an illustration of Christ and the church. And a house divided itself against itself, it cannot stand. Listen, it cannot stand. And if you continue down the path that you are going, your house is going to fall. Somebody has got to say, you know what? Enough is enough. We need to start praying and stop arguing. And it's not good. It's not good. It's not good for the world to see. People who love God, serve God, worship God, divorcing. And I'm sorry, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. God hates divorce. He loves the people. God doesn't hate divorced people. God loves people. He hates divorce. And he hates it because it hurts. And it's damaging to you. Oh, the kids are so resilient. They'll get over it. The kids, oh, they'll, they'll deal with it. No, they won't. They won't. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.